Hello, Monetization Nation. Sorry, we're testing Livestream.io, new technology today, and uh, it's delaying us just a little bit. And it sounds like there's microphones. Okay, well, we're going to go forward and assume that everything is working. So today, we are going to talk about how we can leverage platforms for growth within passion marketing. And this is a series of, uh, this is episode number six of a series about passion marketing. And in our previous episodes, we've talked about uh, what is passion marketing. And we've talked about uh, identifying our ideal customers, finding our love group. And then we talked about what are passion statements and how to find those passion statements using the five whys exercise. If you remember, the passion statements start off with uh, statements such as I am or I want or I love or I hate. Um, and they don't even have to start with the word I. I've seen good passion statements uh, that did not uh, start with I's. And, uh, but we find those. We find those, those level 10 statements that resonate with our target audience. If they're fighting cancer, you know, it might be a statement like cancer sucks or, or I hate cancer, or we will overcome cancer, right? You, you find the statements that, that just are driving the life of your ideal customers. So this episode today is going to talk about what do we do once we have those passion statements? And there's a whole bunch of things we can do with those passion statements. We should build our, our whole business around those level 10 passions. But today we're going to talk about one thing uh, that you can do first with those passion statements. And I call them passion platforms. And passion platforms are taking a passion statement and using that or something very similar uh, to the, the passion statement as the name of a marketing platform. Uh, let me, let me give you a, a parenting example first to explain why this is so important and, and why this works so well. And, and then we'll talk about how you can do it in business. So, uh, I have a daughter, a, a younger daughter who loves dance, dance to her, just dancing is, is one of her level 10 passions. And she does not have her driver's license yet. And so, and she does a lot of dance. She's, she's doing 10 or 11 hours of dance every week, uh, which, which means there's a lot of, of driving. And uh, for those of you who, who aren't aware, my, my wife is in a wheelchair and, and is not able to drive. So that means a lot of, of driving for me in the evenings. But for me, I don't worry about that. I don't mind that. I, I look at it as a chance to associate my brand as a dad with my daughter's level 10 passion, which is dance. And so I have the opportunity to support her in her level 10 passion. And then some of that level 10 passion flows through to me because me as a dad, I'm not just driving her somewhere. I am facilitating her level 10 passion. Okay. So dad brand associated with 
kid level 10 passion brand, or she, she has a lot of dance competitions, um, where we, we travel to different locations on a weekend for her to compete with, with her ballroom dance. And I don't mind that. I love it. It's a chance to spend time with her and it's a chance to support her in her level 10 passion. And if I truly want to build a, a deep and strong connection with my daughter, the best way to do that is to connect my dad brand with her, her level 10 passion. So, um, I, I heard it once said, uh, Russell bands, who was a vice president at Deseret digital media taught me this principle. He said that the most important thing that we can do as parents is to help our kids find their highest level passion and then do everything we can as parents to help support them in that. And that builds long connected relationships with our children and helps them achieve their potential and find joy and happiness and things like that in life. But a lot of times parents get stuck in, in challenges, kids not being obedient or, or communication problems with kids. And, and the reality is instead of focusing on discipline problems and, and resolving those kinds of things, I think it's more important to focus on building connection with our kids through their passions and I think a lot of those other issues go away. So if you've got parenting issues, uh, go home tonight, uh, go spend time with your kids and figure out what their level 10 passions are, and then figure out how you can support them very regularly in those passions. And um, I almost guarantee in almost every single situation, your relationship with your child will deepen, get stronger, and the surface level problems you you might be dealing with right now, a lot of those are just going to go away. Um, because of that deeper connection, it's going to be so much easier to work through shallow issues like curfew and things like that. Okay. So I've, I've shown you an example of why it's so important to connect a, a brand like my dad brand with, with the passion of my target audience as a dad, you know, that may be my daughter. Okay. That should be my daughter. Uh, the same concept applies in business. Uh, the reality is our ideal customers do not care about our brands. There are very few exceptions to that statement. Apple. Okay. People care about the Apple brand because because they've tied an emotion that think differently and, and, and be different. They've connected an emotion to their brand. And so people are passionate about the brand. Um, but, but they're in most cases, people do not care about our brand. So when we focus on brand based marketing, it's like marketing through a brick wall. It's very hard because we're trying to market something people don't care about. Um, I, I've told the story before when I was at Deseret Digital Media, uh, I was meeting with some of the top executives and I had them rate on a scale of zero to 10, how passionate they are. They were about one of their primary brands. And, and these are the top executives and the people who, who you think would be the most passionate. And I asked them if, if you didn't work for this company, how passionate would you be about this brand? And on a scale of zero to 10 with 10 being the most passionate, they gave it a two and a half as the average score. And 
the reality is if we try to market through a level two and a half passion, anything, right? People, so many other distractions. There's so many other things they have to do in their life, good things they have to choose from. They're not going to choose a level two and a half passion. Uh, it's it, it's going to take so much money to get people to follow us. They're not going to be very engaged. They're probably not going to stay with us. They're going to unfollow us. They're not going to share the content. It's just not an effective way to do business. Don't do brand-based marketing. It doesn't work. It, it Or if it does work, it's very expensive and not very effective. Um, so I want to teach you a better way to do it. And, and th that's where these passion platforms come. Uh, so let's talk about what I mean by a platform. A platform is something that, that gives you a voice. It's something where, where there's an exchange between consumers and producers. Like eBay is a platform, is a marketplace. Um, Netflix, Netflix is a platform, it, like the on-demand marketplace. Uh, social media channels like Facebook are platforms. So the problem is if we if we build a platform on somebody else's platform, right? So that's I call that building a channel on someone else's platform. There's advantages of it, right? We we can pull people off of their platform. But but the problem with that is uh, that platform can change the rules at any time. They can deplatform us, right? You see what happened to Donald Trump and how he got deplatformed, and and that's actually a lot more common uh, than you think. Uh, you've heard me tell the story of there's a Facebook app called We're Related um, that was created by a company called Family Link, and we grew to be the the fourth largest Facebook app install. I, I, I consulted for this company as their chief revenue officer part-time. Um, we added $5 million of revenue in the first 12 months I was there. We grew to 90 million app installs. And then Facebook said, thanks for proving what our users want. And they built a lot of our core functionality into the Facebook app uh, platform itself. And then they removed... Um, our app from people's profile pages, all these people, millions of people that had installed it, uh, they removed it and then they made it very hard for us to contact our people. They, they deplatformed us and we essentially lost a, a business um, that had made $5 million in revenue the year before. Um, so word of warning, don't build your platform on someone else's platform. You you have to build um, your platform, your skyscraper on land you own. It's okay to use the platforms of other people to, to build and grow there and communicate there like Facebook and, and uh, LinkedIn and Instagram and those. But the goal needs to be to pull people from those platforms onto those platforms where you're leasing the land, you have to pull them from there onto platforms that you own, where you own the land. So there's there's two different kinds of platforms that that you could work on it. And so as we talk about these passion platforms, you want to split them into two. One set of platforms are platforms where you lease the land, and that would be social platforms like Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and LinkedIn. And those are good. Participate on those. Grow your following there. But 
your goal there is to get people to go from that leased platform onto an owned platform. So what are owned platforms? Owned platforms, one of the best ones is an email newsletter that you own. You own the contact information. You own the, the relationship with the customer. You have permission to market to them. Um, a membership site that you own, a, a community that you own where they register for, a blog site that you own, right? They, these are all examples, and there's many other examples. Pick something where you own the URL, where you own the, the, the customer has registered with you, you own the contact information of the customer and you own permission to contact the customer. You have a relationship with that customer directly. Think of Facebook. You don't have any of those things. You don't own the URL. You don't own the contact information. They haven't registered with you. You don't have permission to contact them whenever you want, right? All of those elements are missing. Now notice there's one thing I didn't include on that list. For it to be your platform, you don't have to own the technology. Okay, so for example, WordPress. WordPress, uh, a lot of people might build a blog with WordPress and then people might register for their blog to get updates. I consider that a platform. If it's at your URL and they've registered with you, you have the contact information, you have permission to market with them, you have the relationship, all those things are satisfied. Even though you're using the WordPress technology because it's on your URL, and, and you own all those other things, that is still your platform. You could, if you didn't like WordPress and WordPress changed the rules and they, they started saying that your type of site couldn't use WordPress, you could pick up the content, you could pick up the members, you could pick up those email addresses and contact information and, and take that domain name and move it to a different technology. And, and you still own it. You are the master of your destiny. Whereas with Facebook, if all of those people uh, registered with you and Facebook chooses to deplatform you, you're done. You can't pick up those members and move it somewhere else. You can't pick up your domain name and move it somewhere else. You can't pick up all your email addresses and move it somewhere else, right? So take your leased land platforms, build them, but constantly be trying to pull people off of those leased land platforms onto platforms that you own such as your blog, your show, your community, your membership site, your, your email newsletter. Uh, if, if you have a, a recurring revenue stream product, a, a, a subscription box, a, a software product where they subscribe to, right? There's lots of different types of platforms you could create. You could do a, a subscription of content that people subscribe to get regular access to. Um, however you do it, get them to a platform that you own. Okay. So what we're talking about today is passion platforms. And when you create the passion platforms that you own, I am suggesting that you give them an unconventional name. I am suggesting that you not name them with your brand. I am suggesting that you find that passion and you you come up with a name for the platform that evokes that passion. And then that platform can be brought to you by your brand. It's the same thing as with my dad brand being connected with my daughter's dance passion, right? You find the passion of your customer, that becomes the brand of your passion channel, 
And then it's brought to you by the brand, which they really don't care about, but we need to build. Okay. So that's how you merge the two of those together. Let me give you some examples of that. So the, the we're related app, um, was an, was a great example of that. In fact, that's where one of the very first places I ever learned about passion channels at, at family link. So notice family link was the brand. Um, and, and people care about families. They care about linking to their family, but I would say the passion level for that brand wasn't crazy high, but they called their app. We're related, right? That, that connection, right? That that's a higher level passion. And somebody very smart, not me, uh, created a, a Facebook page called I Love My Family. Again, do you, do you see the, the difference in the level of passion between family link and I Love My Family? And that I Love My Family uh, Facebook page ultimately grew to, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but it was more than 10 million members. Um People are so much more likely to join a Facebook page and participate in a community and share content when it evokes a level 10 passion such as I love my family. As a, and, and how many of those people are going to join a Facebook page that says family link on it, right? So I encourage you to create a Facebook page or an Instagram account or, or whatever passion platform you create instead of calling it family link with your brand, you're going to call it, I, I love my family or insert here, your, your passion statement brought to you by, or by your brand, right? Positively connect your brand with helping them achieve that level 10 passion. Let me tell you a few other stories, uh, and give you a few other examples of this. So, uh, family link or after family link, um, I, I went and I helped David Neilman, the founder of JetBlue Airlines. He created a Brazilian airline called Azul. And uh, we did a, a bunch of digital marketing strategies for him. But one of those strategies was Facebook was brand new in, in Brazil. Facebook started and launched in Brazil probably two months uh, before I started uh, working for David. I, I don't know the exact time frame, but approximately that, I'm guessing. And so Orca was the big social network in Brazil. And we decided um, that the tectonic shift was going to be, we believed everyone was going to leave Orca and go to Facebook. So we really didn't focus on Orca at all, almost none. And we started putting all of our effort into Facebook. And we created 100 Facebook pages. And Facebook groups weren't a thing back then. Uh, we would have focused on Facebook groups instead if, if that had been a thing. But back then, Facebook pages were how you did it. And so we created 100 Facebook pages. And we tried to focus all around passions. And we found of those 100 Facebook pages we created, we put a little bit of money behind all of them. We found three of them that did really well where our cost per user was really low and the engagement was really high and that we evoked a very high level of passion. And, um, hold on one second. And we found that the two highest performing Facebook pages at, for Azul, a, a Brazilian airline was Eu Amo Brasil, which, which is translated to English. I love Brazil. And I, I think it, the other one was Eu Amo Viajar, which is I love to travel. 
And, and so those two Facebook, and there was one other, we took those three top performing Facebook pages and we just doubled down and tripled down on those on our marketing efforts. And we turned off 97 Facebook pages. So this is an important part of this process is you, you need to test a whole bunch of different things with your focus groups and your surveys and, and, and put it out there to the users and see what happens. And then you find the ones that do the best and you double down on them. You put a lot more effort into the ones that are evoking the most passion and the most engagement. And then you turn off the ones that don't do as well. So, so that you have more time and resources to put in the ones that are doing well. Nobody's going to be able to run a hundred different Facebook pages, right? And you make the I love Brazil Facebook page brought to you by Azul Airlines and the I love travel in Portuguese um, Facebook page brought to you by Azul Airlines, right? Do you see how they're connecting their brand with that level 10 passion? Uh, give you another example. So I left adoption.com for a series of years to, to go get my MBA and, and pursue some other things like these consulting projects. And, and in 2013, I came back and I, I stepped back into the CEO role. And during the time I was gone, uh, social media, before I left, social media really wasn't a thing. And while I was gone, social media had really taken off. And, and so when I came back, we, we did not have a huge social media following. And while I was gone, the people that were doing it had focused on trying to grow brand-based uh, social channels like adoption.com being the name of the social channel. And we had very, very few followers for being the largest adoption site to have uh, almost a non-existent social following. It was, it was kind of embarrassing. And so what did I do? If you were me, what would you have done, right? We went and found the level 10 passion of our target audience. And, and one of those statements was, I love adoption. And so we branded a whole bunch of of pages across the different channels. I love adoption, um, brought to you by adoption.com. And, and we grew those. And now that, for example, that Facebook page, I love adoption, you know, is the, is the number one or number two largest Facebook page out there with hundreds of thousands of people that follow it. Um, the concept works. So many more people are going to be passionate about joining a Facebook page that says, I love adoption instead of a Facebook page that says adoption.com. It is so tempting to want to call our Facebook pages and our social channels our brand. Don't do it. It's the siren's trap. Don't do it. Um, you are going to be so much more successful if you can find the level 10 passion of your target audience and make that the name of your passion channels and then have it brought to you by your company. Now, there are some exceptions to this. If, if you really need to have a, a social community about your brand, where it's users of your brand talking about using your brand, okay, I can see that, right? If, if you're a software company, if you're... So HubSpot is a great example. They, they have focused on, on uh, inbound marketing, right? So they may have... I would recommend to them, they would have a, a Facebook page called in, about inbound marketing brought to you by HubSpot. And that's the primary channel. But if they wanted a, a channel that 
focused on uh, just how to use HubSpot and bugs in HubSpot and new features in HubSpot, right? Then I could create a, a channel about HubSpot with the HubSpot brand, because that's really what that channel is about. And it's for existing users. Um, but those are two very, very different things. If they're wanting to attract new users, I would focus on this inbound marketing passion channel. I, I'll give you another couple examples. I, I live in a small town. My, my town, if I just looked it up on Google, what the official um, uh, number of residents in my town is, and it's, it's just shy of 31,000. And in addition to that, we have students that come um, and, and there are a lot of students that, that come. We have a large university in our town, but officially we only have 31,000 um, uh, residents of my town, Rexburg, Idaho. And there is a Facebook page that's called um, I love, what's it, something like I love Rexburg or I love life in Rexburg, something like that. Um, and that I love life in Rexburg page I just looked today has more than 21,000 members. So two thirds of the residents in our town follow one Facebook page. Um, and notice how it has, I love in front of it. It, it doesn't just say life in Rexburg, right? It says, I love life in Rexburg. Uh, another example, I'm, I love gardening. I'm a, I'm a very avid gardener. I have a large orchard and, and vertical garden. Um, and I'm part of a, a Facebook group called I Love Gardens. Um, and it, it's I Love Gardens, and it's branded by Henley Gardens. I have no idea who Henley Gardens even is. Um, but they've got me to join their group because I connect with their passion, um, the I Love Gardens gardening passion. And they have 129,000 people that follow that Facebook group. How many members do you think they would have of that group if they just called the group Henley Gardens, right? They might be 2,000 or 5,000 members, but instead they have 129,000 people who are passionate about gardening that they can market to. Um, you, you've all heard me tell the story of Deseret Digital Media. I talked about that a little bit earlier and, and they were trying to market through their primary brand. And even the person who managed that brand based Facebook page didn't even follow the Facebook page. He wasn't passionate enough about it or, or passionate enough about the content that was there. So what did we do? We found the level 10 passion statements such as I, I love my family and you know, I want a more loving marriage and I love BYU football, right? Those are the kinds of passion statements that their audience, um, you know, felt drove their life, right? And so we started building channels, marketing channels around those passions. We, we built a Facebook page called I Love My Family. We actually bought that one, um, but we, we built a huge network of these, these passion channels. And then we started creating content around those passions. And then we aggregated people inside those passion channels. And then we pushed the content through those passion channels. And we went from when I started less than 100,000 total combined social follows to more than 130 million social follows across all of those channels. 130 million. That's like 1,300% growth. Um, and those channels, we didn't just get a bunch of followers 
but we created something engaging. Um, people wanted to participate in it far more than they would or did when we had only brand-based channels. We reached a point where, um, according to uh, Unmetric, there were 40 million comments, likes, and shares per month. 40 million. Can you imagine 40 million people commenting, liking, and sharing your content? And they do that because you're, you are connecting with them through something that is a level 10 passion. So um, my ideal customer, his name's Brad, and he Brad created a company called Western Timberframe. He's a real person. He's since sold that business, but Western Timberframe's still there. Um, they do outside pergolas and pavilions. Um, he's the guy on my wall that when I make my decisions, he's my ideal customer. So if if I was doing passion platforms for Brad, what would I do, right? I wouldn't create um, platforms called Western Timberframe, right? I would call, I would find out the level 10 passion and it's maybe like, you know, I love being outdoors with my family, right? And and I would, I would create channels that communicate that, like creating outdoor memories by Western Timberframe. You see the difference in, in the amount of of emotion that that evokes and and the number of people that are going to want to prioritize that and participate that in that as opposed to just calling that western timber frame so that is uh what i have to teach you today um if you haven't yet identify your ideal customers then do surveys and focus groups and identify their level 10 passions Use the five whys method that we taught earlier to uh, to find those those level ten passions, turn them into passion statements that begin with "I love," "I am," "I want," "I hate," "I need," something like that. Um, survey and validate that. Test them. Create creates passion platforms on leased land like Facebook and Instagram and and LinkedIn and YouTube. Those are good. And then do everything you can to use lead magnets and, and other incentives to pull people from those, those leased land platforms onto platforms where you own the land, such as your own email list, your own blog, your own membership site, um, any, any other type of platform that you own. That's my challenge for you today is, is uh, find how you can create a passion platform uh, this week for your brand. Thanks for joining me for this episode, and I wish you success with your passion platforms.